You're listening to Curious Conversations About Sex, and my name is Rog. Please be mindful that some topics might be great stuff for younger people to listen to, and some might not. Curious Conversations About Sex is brought to you by Curious Creatures, who run a variety of workshops on related topics in Australia. Find Curious Creatures and submit your questions for us to answer at curiouscreatures.biz, B-I-Z. Today we're chatting with Niati Evers and Anne Hunter. Uh, Niati, who are you? I'm a sex-positive therapist. I currently live in Portland and I studied process work uh, at the Process Work Institute in Portland and I'm also a facilitator and teach workshops and classes on sexuality. Hmm, fantastic. Great to have you with us. And Anne, who are you? A relationships coach specialising in non-monogamy, and I also happen to be involved in process-oriented psychology. Fabulous. Uh, so great to have uh, you with us as well. And so to today's question, which is, is pursuing an interest in sex just about hedonism or something more? Um, so, Niati, we might start with you. What are your thoughts on that question? Okay, great question. So... First of all, I just want to say that um, I like the question and I want to just first of all say something about hedonism itself because Please the do. question implies a little bit like, oh, is it just that? As if yeah. that would be less. Lowly. And I think in our culture, we have so many taboos on truly, truly experiencing pleasure and how many of us are really able to receive and feel and experience and share pleasure, right? So I think yes. just, just hedonism in itself is, is a great thing to pursue and, and is an act of personal development because it's actually yeah. not so easy if you really yeah, so, want to do it, right? So the question is almost a little bit slut shaming. Right. It, it it has a little bit of that feel into it, like that, yeah. you know, that's not good enough, you know. So so that's the one thing I think, like I said, that's a huge thing in itself. But then this to the second part, like, or, you know, is it more? I think that it depends on you and on what you want and what you're looking for. And I think if you're a person who hasn't been able to experience much pleasure in your life, Hedonism <laughs> is a hmm. tremendous growth, right, into whole new and potentially very vulnerable parts of yourself, right, mm -hmm. and very erotic parts. So that's the one thing. And then the other thing is that, yes, you can consciously choose to use your sexuality as a kind of platform. I don't have a better word. It's not the great word, but for lack of a better word, a kind of platform to explore new and less familiar parts of yourself. And in my own sex life, that's something that I'm actively pursue because mm. it makes sex a lot more exciting and interesting to me. And when you say uh, exploring new parts of yourself, do you mean just new sexual parts of yourself or do you mean more broadly than that? More broadly than that. So I can give an example if you want. Yeah, right. Um, so a long, a kind of lifelong process in my life that I've been working on a lot is um, around control 
and I have a I have a back injury, a pretty serious back injury, and I won't go into the details of it. But I've worked a lot around the psychological processes that are related to that back injury, and the big thing that always comes out of it is this process of surrendering to something that is bigger than me and not just my own pushing, my own will. And so I'm exploring that in my sexuality, right? How mm, to, yeah. yeah, how to surrender, how to give over control, um, how to not always be the one who's in charge and directing everything. And it's amazing. It's opening me up to whole new dimensions within myself and with my partner. And then that infiltrates to the rest of your life. Wow, I wish we could do an AB double blind uh, study and uh, compare results and see if that has any long term impacts on your back pain. Uh, right, what an amazing right. experiment. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. And uh, and I think when you have sex in that way and and you you use it to also explore these new parts of yourself, it it makes sex stays exciting in that way. Because you're not just falling into a routine, you're always exploring these new parts of yourself that are really alive and edgy. Yeah, great. Okay, um, Anne, what are your thoughts yeah. on the question? Yeah. Absolutely, everything that Niyadi said. And also, it's not just um, magic for yourself, but it can also be magic for connections. And, you know, people oh. can experience the, the profound connection in sexual connection in bdsm in play in um role play in a whole range of different um areas around sexuality a kind of connection that that they don't experience anywhere else or easily anywhere else it can be such an avenue to connection with other people as well in all of the profound ways that Niyati, you were just talking about connecting with yourself mm, um, yes. and and likewise it can be a tool for relationship development can be you know it, it, there are so many different fun and juicy and wonderful wonderful things <laughs> that yes. um, you can explore for yourself and for your connections with other people it's, it's just this profound, weird act that you don't have to share with another, but if you choose to, what, what an amazing, incredible, odd, intimate exchange to do with another. Huh? Mm. Not only that, it comes with so many layers of enculturated, uh, as you said, taboo and rules and restrictions and expectations and, you know, unsorted um, crap, basically, um, yeah. that I think any venture into it confronts you with ways of changing the world, <laughs> yeah. ways of changing society's approach to stuff, our, your, anyone's individual culture's approach to stuff. So it's a little bit like uh, make love, not war, huh? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. And, and uh, you know, uh, the act, and people said this before, of course, that the act of um, engaging sexually can be a, an activist act in itself, yes. you know. Uh, in terms of... Um, really confronting some of the unhealthy norms in our world and refusing to be bound by them and being, particularly if you're being somebody like you, Rog, and really out there in society and modelling to other people, you do not have to be bound by these unhealthy norms. They are not necessarily oh. good for you. Mm, um, yes. I see that as an activist thing. Yes. Oh, I love it. I love it. 
Um, yeah, my thoughts are um, – short answer is yes, so much more. But first, yeah, I, I want to catch that sex-shaming thing. Um, it, it's hilarious with sex. If we were talking about pretty much any other pursuit, like um, like – getting really interested in like the football or um or, or let's say i wanted to take a two-week indulgent holiday to bali and i wanted to drop six thousand dollars on it and i want to do some shopping and i want to lie around and drink cocktails on the beach and get massages every day why is that okay yet if i want to have a two-week sex bender with uh, a partner or partners um and just basically go for it uh, why is one of those things acceptable hedonism and the other one is not right um totally. so yeah so there's nothing wrong with pursuing sex just for hedonistic reasons and it doesn't have to be a self-growth or self-development platform mm. however <laughs> <laughs> however <Yeah>. I, I, <laughs> I admit that for me it is um i'm a bit of a self-development junkie and so much growth so much of my growth comes through sex mm. um if i if i break it down into a couple of areas um, so, for instance, to get good at sex, you have to get good at embodiment. So uh, just the act of being in your body, mm. uh, which has positive implications for health, uh, positive implications for not pushing yourself, driving yourself too hard in the, in the work environment, um, and, and positive implications for just knowing when something's uh, not right or wrong for you. Being able to get good at yeah noticing noticing when things are right and are not right and being able to communicate that to the world mm. around you suddenly um, you find that particular skill set um, rippling out into your work world and your family world and your friendship circles are just being able to simply articulate what you are and are not into rather than just going along with something because you're meant to mm. and suddenly the workplace gets better and. Christmas with your family gets better or however you celebrate that end of the year uh, period there. I think that um, anything that makes you question the supposed norms is just a good thing for the world. And you tend to wind up doing that in sex a little bit. It's just so out of the ordinary. Is that what you mean? Well, it, yeah, it, it's actually one of the things that has the the most ridiculous, unrealistic, unhealthy incredibly narrow um, uh, paths of, you know, of, of acceptable practice. I mean, it just the, the, the taboos about sex in our world are gobsmacking. Yeah. They're, they're phenomenal. Yeah. They're just – and they're so not um, based on uh, any real person's real experience. I think any time anybody really starts to get into their body and experience their body and explore it – you suddenly find that all of the stuff you ever got taught just doesn't fit. Just doesn't yes, matter. indeed. Yes. So I think it's big. And, uh, I think it's particularly sex because of how taboo it is. I totally agree with what you said, and and I just wanted to build on it, and also on what you mentioned earlier on, because you brought up the topic of clergy abuse, right? Abuse mm. uh, in the church. Yeah, back back in an earlier episode. Mm. Yeah. yeah, right. And so you know, you mentioned sex as a form of of enjoying sex as a form of activism. Mm. And I think one of the things that happens because of, you know, the taboos that there are is so much of our sexual desires and wants and fantasies goes underground. And yep. we know what happens when it goes underground, right? And so 
what yeah, I think it doesn't work out so well. It doesn't work <laughs> out so well, exactly. I think one of the the things that's really exciting about you know people playing in the field of kink and BDSM is to create a safe place where you can step into a role and you know it's not mm. you, it's a role. It's like a, a label on a door. And when you mm. open that door, it allows you to experience a different dimension yep. and to, you know, and how and to, to experience power consciously. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Exploring safely, you know, exactly. with proper consent um, set up. And I, I consent, man, is consent a really fantastic uh, thing that I have learned from exploring in the sex positive community. Yeah, learning how to do that things, those things safely. Yes, 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 and yes. enables you to go wherever you want to go, yeah. Yes. Um, and I, I love that we've uh, stumbled onto the topic of uh, BDSM and kink because I think that brings in a whole another layer of uh, – there's many different forms of BDSM and not all of them involve uh, power exchange where you've got, say, one person being more dominant than the other or and the other being submissive. However, if you do explore that sort of stuff, to become a half-decent dom, you have to get right in touch with your personal power and how you use it and, mm. and how you relate it to other people and mm. watching their feedback like a hawk. Mm. And again, that's just an incredible skill to take out in the world. Mm. Uh, for instance, if you're managing staff uh, or even if you're being managed by someone else, if you're more in touch with your power, then you don't need to push too hard or drive things too hard. You don't need to raise your voice. You can control the situation just by lifting an eyebrow. And they're amazing skills. I sometimes, I sometimes wish that all politicians um, had to – this is going to sound a little bit way out – but I sometimes wish that all politicians had a rudimentary understanding of, of how to do a basic kink scene because you've got all those skills of negotiation and communication and right. safe words. And, and listening that, to feedback. Listening to feedback and the fact that anyone can pull out of it if it's not right. I mean, that would change so much of our signals. world. Watching for double signals. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, n- yes. yeah, not pushing someone against their will. I mean, that would kill our political system, but, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, fantastic. And um, Just before we close, I mean, do, does anyone have any further thoughts? Well, I just, Rog, as you were saying that, it's so funny because I also had this thing in mind, like I was, I, I was fantasizing about a world where people can safely play with their hidden desires and fantasies, you know, in a conscious way and just really explore those parts of themselves and I think we'd have less war mm. and we'd have a different world. Yes. So, yeah, I think that's where the activism comes in. Yeah, yeah really absolutely. is make love, not war. Yeah, absolutely. And did you have any further thoughts? I love that um, things are changing in our world and I think things are changing, you know, the, the first direct movement in the direction of change is not always the, where we land, but – yeah. Or I think all of the change, we we are learning. We are learning with with every new development in the area of change. And I think that the changes in the area of sexuality in the last fifty years, um, some have gone down tracks that haven't been terribly positive. But overall, I think the general movement, it, it, coming back to what you said, is is hopeful. Is hopeful for our world. 
Yeah, I'm just so with you on that. Thank you Mm -hmm. for saying it. And I think uh, my closing thought is just around uh, sex as a creative outlet. Like not all of us can paint or um, make music. Um, However, just the creativity of having access to someone's back and you have your fingertips as the brushes and seeing how creative you can be with that. Hoof. Mm. Beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Oh, thanks, gang. I'm kind of squirming in my seat a little bit now. Thank you for discussing whether um, an interest in sex is purely hedonistic and as if there's something wrong with that or is it something more. And I would love to hear a little more about uh, what the uh, two of you are up to and where people can find you. So uh, perhaps we'll start with you, Niati. What do you do? Uh, Who are your ideal clients and where can they find you? So um, I work as a a sex-positive therapist and facilitator, and I have a website where you can find me, and it's called alchemyoferos.com, but it's spelled alchemy-of-eros.com. I'm just super excited to work in the sex positive community and I do a lot of work with individual clients and with couples and it's certainly not restricted to sexuality, sexuality and working with sexual issues, sexual shame, um, people wanting to reconnect to their sexuality, um, people working through relationship issues that are often also reflected in their sexuality, um, but also really just personal development and transformation. I'm passionate about working with people who are passionate about their own development, really. It's, it's as, as broad and as narrow as that. <laughs> Fantastic. And uh, Anne, uh, what do you mostly do and who are your ideal clients and where can they find you? Yep. Um, I am a relationships coach specialising in non-monogamy. So um, anybody who's uh, struggling with some aspect of polyamory or ethical non-monogamy or any other form of non-monogamy who wants to, um, you know, work toward resolving uh, relationship issues, that's the kind of thing I work with. Um, I work uh, from Melbourne or on Skype. And uh, my the website... Uh, is your relationship tool build all one word dot com dot au fantastic and, yeah that's, and, uh, yeah, and I, I also the... run occasional groups around issues like specific issues like jealousy or things like that from time to time yes and your your expertise in that area and your gift to the to the Melbourne community in particular that I've witnessed has been just amazing um I will, those contact details will be in the show description notes. Uh, and also, I'm assuming with the both of you, uh, you both mentioned the sexuality and poly. Are you familiar, uh, comfortable taking clients uh, from a diversity of gender uh, representations and sex workers? Yeah. Yes. And do you work with clients? Any orientation, that... any gender, any identity. Wonderful. And thanks, friends. You've been listening to Curious Conversations About Sex, brought to you by Curious Creatures. You can find us at curiouscreatures.biz, B-I-Z. B-I-Z.